Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. This week's film is the 1988 dark comedy that is very near and dear to all our hearts. Heathers. Heathers was the first feature film directed by Michael Lehman. It was written by Daniel Waters and stars Winona Ryder, Christian Slater, Shannon Doherty, Lisanne Falk, and Kim Walker. I wanted to be a member of the most powerful clique in school. Dear Diary, Heather said she teaches people real life. You were nothing before you met me. You were a Girl Scout cookie. Does it not bother you that everybody in this school thinks that you're a piranha? Like I give a shit. You a Heather? No, I'm a Veronica. I don't really like my friends. I don't really like your friends either. They're people I work with and our job is being popular. Maybe it's time to take a vacation. I just killed my best friend. And your worst enemy. Same difference. My teen angst has a body count. This is a tragic thing. Hallelujah. We scare people into not being assholes. I did not want them dead. You did too. Did not. You did too. Shut up. I love my dead gay son. You were out of control. That rape is filthy. What do you think I'm going to do with it? Take out her tonsils? Ha! Is this as good for you as it is for me? Life can suck. We're breaking up. This is our special segment for this episode <laughs> called Keggers with Kids. You blow it tonight, girl, and it's Keggers with Kids all next year. And this is got, the kid! <laughs> we got 12-year-old Lucy Green here who watched Heathers with us, and it was her first viewing of Heathers, one of her mom's favorites <laughs> of all time. So tell us what you thought. Well, it was very good. It was good because you, like, couldn't really tell what was coming, but you, like were in like super surprise and it was really good. Did you have a favorite character? Probably Veronica. Right. Just like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously. <'cause>, like, <laughs> there are no stupid questions, but that is <laughs> That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. It's a good question. It just has one obvious Right. <laughs> Did you think JD was cute? Not really. <laughs> Kids today! <laughs> no, I love that. I definitely want to get more into that in a little while. Yeah, I had to know what modern teen thinks of young right. Christian Slater. Maybe in the very beginning, yeah, but not really. Yeah, before you reveal himself to be a total creepoid. <laughs> Could you pinpoint, like, the moment when you realized that JD was seriously bad news? Maybe when he was, like, pressuring her to, like, put the, like, cleaner in, and it was, like... Yeah, haha, ha. but actually do it. It just, I right. feel like that part is like, yeah, yeah this is. But he this wasn't is bad. just joking about uh-huh. it, yeah. 
Do you have any lines that you liked? Any dialogue um, that sticks out to you? Partially, I love my dead gay son. That was just yes. funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is an iconic line. Were there any lines that when you heard them, you were like, oh, I've heard people say that? Um, well, first of all, you tried to take red, which is clearly my color. <laughs> first, you ask if you can be red, knowing that I'm always red. I knew I was caught. <laughs> All the time. I do. Any board game. I also feel like whenever Dash and I play air hockey and somebody gets to five points, I say five keeps the neighborhood alive. Hi, Veronica. Five keeps the neighborhood alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that was a thing from Heather's. I was just thought that was a thing they said in Heather's. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did you think of the language in it? I don't know. Did you think it was kind of a stylized way of talking? Or yeah. did, it just, did it seem like really dated the way they were talking? It just seemed pretty was, dated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very specifically set in 1988, 89. What did you think of Veronica's parents? I thought they just like didn't get it. Like they were just like, oh, we know them, right? They didn't really seem to realize what was going on or care that much. <laughs> Isn't that flake we met at the open house? The burst of cleansing synchronicity TV cameras happened onto our path and captured the synchronicity. It's emotional outpouring of emotion. Outpouring of emotion. Huh, look, there's Heather. <laughs> oh, and there's Heather. <laughs> Where are you, Veronica? Yeah, they didn't seem very concerned mm -hmm. about her committing suicide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your friend Jason Dean stopped by. He seemed very concerned about you. He, he said that he thought you might try to kill yourself. You have been depressed lately. Oh, he left this for you. Oh my God. He said that we should keep you away from sharp objects, uh, closed garage doors, chemical uh, uh, substances, prescription, pre prescription drugs. Yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, your best friend committed suicide. Oh, and your friend said you might? Okay, just don't. Right. Yeah, just go up to your room alone. We won't check on you for a while. <laughs> 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 we won't be too concerned when we call you down to dinner. Although I guess I wouldn't be concerned either because right. it takes so many times of asking to get my yeah. kids to come to the table. I do think of that every time when I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I think in that scene where they show her and you think she's dead, like I was checking like, wait, can you actually see like her hands? Okay, you can. How, how does she do this? Like, I I don't think she's dead, but like, is she? Right. <laughs> Did you think it would be hard to act that still? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the way they weren't showing her face made yeah. it feel like, okay, yeah, I don't think she's dead. That could have been a character choice, too. Like, she made that she had to keep her hair in her face. Right. Yeah. Did you feel like you had some sentiment for her because of Stranger Things? A little. I just love that actress. Yeah. Like, oh, you've seen her in a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, she's in so much right? stuff. Yeah. Right. I just really like that actress, but mm -hmm. I guess. Here's my burning question. When they killed the football players, and then they have the argument afterward, JD's saying, like, you knew that's what we were doing, and mm -hmm. you just didn't want to face it. Do you think that she did know deep down that they were killing them? I do think that, like, I don't think she, like, truly believed that, no, it just looks exactly like they're dead. They're mm -hmm. not actually dead. Yeah, I don't think she actually believed that, but I guess she just, like, didn't want to admit that she wanted that to happen. Mm-hmm. They were bad guys. <laughs> right, yeah. I know, it's hard. And even though, like, JD yeah. is obviously a complete psychopath, he makes a really good point when he says all they had to offer the town was date rapes and AIDS jokes. 
He is a very good anti-hero. <laughs> I think it was cool how they set a line of like just the total jerks who were just like the worst. And then JD who seemed kind of cool but was like really creepy and like this is wrong. But mm. I think it was cool how they really set a different like line of like the jerks and then he's really like this is creepy. Yeah, that's interesting. How like the jock guys are real assholes, but JD is genuinely a psychopath. Yeah. Borderline date rapist himself. Like he's always yeah. kissing yeah. her. He's always he's grabbing her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really noticed that this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that like I definitely showed out to me. I don't know. I I think that was one of those things that. that I internalized as a, yeah, like a teenager yeah. was that like boys just kiss you at inappropriate moments. Right. Like to just yeah. expect that. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. That's just when guys kiss you is when they don't know what else to yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> it like as a 40 year old definitely <laughs> I'm seeing it through different yeah. That definitely eyes. stood out to me too. It's like she's trying to kill you. She's trying to leave and break up with you. <laughs> right. And you're like attacking her and kissing her. It's funny watching that movie for me because I have a lot of friends who really like like the musical which I've never really like seen anything from so that was kind of funny for me I'm like so my mom really likes this and I have a lot of friends who like something based off of this yeah Yeah. have you seen the musical I've never watched it I'm a Heather's purist so yeah (laughs) have you no I haven't and I haven't looked into it and I know that also they did make a new series I heard right. that it didn't well. I actually tried to find it just yesterday when I was researching for this. Um, uh, you can pay for it on Amazon right now, but I couldn't find it streaming anywhere for free. Hmm. And <laughs> right. I don't know. Like you said, it's a little too close to my heart to risk yeah. being yeah. painted in some way. It's truly perfect. It's amazing to me to rewatch that movie. Just everything about that movie is just perfection like all the acting and the sets and the music the sound even the opening when they're walking into the cafeteria the only scene that like felt kind of scary was like the weird kind of dream sequence when he was like holding the knife that scene was like it was really suspenseful and like kind of crazy could you tell that that was a dream it felt very dreamlike like it didn't feel Mm -hmm. like it was working and then it got more dreamlike and more dreamlike until it was really (laughs) really obvious yeah right by the time they're actually at the funeral it's yeah, clear it's that clear. that's a dream <laughs> oh yeah that funeral scene they're wearing white cap and gown situation almost. yeah and 3d, 3D glasses. glasses yeah it was really stylized and interesting mm-hmm. i know everything about and i love when heather chandler the ghost comes back like she has that very bride of frankenstein yeah. look going yeah. <laughs> like beetlejuice outfit on yeah, yeah. That dream sequence is very Beetlejuice. And then, of course, the preacher is... That's Otho from Beetlejuice. Yeah, Yeah. did you recognize him? Oh, yeah. I'm sure that was intentional. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think about that until this viewing for some reason. Yeah. (laughs) I was really enjoying the outfits a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Heather McNamara, she like takes the holy water. And then she's wearing like a micro mini to the funeral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I love the way Veronica leans on the holy water. After. <laughs> she's like they're at the water cooler. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like they're at the office. Yeah. Also, I like how all the girls have their signature yeah, color. No matter what, good. they have a piece of that color on at all times. Like even at Heather Chandler's funeral, Veronica is all in black, but she has blue socks on. Oh, all yeah. the girls always have their color. Although Heather Duke eventually goes from green to red. Mm-hmm. I also like the symbolism with like Heather Chandler's bow that like mm-hmm. gun yes. like passed through. 
seen the amount of like hairspray in everyone's hair was yeah yeah the big hair of that heather mcnamara has some big hair going on yeah It's hard to yeah, tell if Heather's apart. Oh, I know. See, I've seen it enough times. I know which is which. Yeah, Heather Chandler is the first, the first one, one, and then Heather Duke names. is the one who uh, goes from green to red. The one that becomes the huge bitch, and then Heather McNamara is the cheerleader. And mm. yellow is her color, <laughs> and she's the one that has some big hair. <laughs> <laughs> and the pills she's taking are yellow too. Oh right, oh, yes. I noticed. Yeah. I notice they show the inside of everybody's house at some point. You know, when they're at Heather Chandler's house, when they kill her, like her kitchen has all red accents in it. And then mm-hmm. Heather McNamara has yellow in her bedroom. And then even in the dream sequence, when they're in Heather Duke's kitchen, there's green accessories mm-hmm. on the counter. They really did so much detail. Like, I I imagine there's also, like, so many hidden little Easter eggs that people miss, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure there are a lot. I feel like that is chock full of them. I mean, I've probably seen that movie hundreds of times, and (laughs) there are still little things that I was noticing for the first time. I watched it with my older brother, my brother who's eight years older than me, and they noticed right away when the cops were talking to each other that the cops are named Milner and McCord, which doesn't mean anything to me, but like that was the actors on some cop show from like their era. (laughs) I should just look it up what show it was that that's referencing. The big fun band like posters and Mm -hmm. t-shirts sprinkled throughout the movie and and then like... (laughs) And it's such half-assed, like like, designer... <laughs> They're obviously like, iron on letters. I love that contrast because everything else is so carefully designed. Like all the clothes are perfectly tailored, and mm-hmm. the set design is so good and in detail, like you're saying. And then, yeah, for the t shirts, it's obviously just like iron on letters. <laughs> yeah. They're driving that point home that this band is just capitalizing on a trend. Yeah. It's such a cynical yeah. movie. Like, I just love it. You know? The big song is just teenage suicide. Don't do it. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, like, how are we going to make some money on this? <laughs> There's a teen suicide thing. You know? It's a perfectly shitty song. Yeah. <laughs> teenage suicide. Don't do it. Teenage there's like so many 80s songs that sounded just like that. <laughs> I, I really enjoy JD's little dance when the song is <laughs> Dudes, if I get one more request for that big fun song, I'm going to commit suicide. Playing our song. Also, like all the stuff with how like horrible JD's dad was. Oh, oh yeah. God. His dad's a straight His murderer. dad is gross. <laughs> yeah. Psychopath. The dynamic with him and JD, like JD calling him son. Hey, son, I didn't hear you come in. Hey, dad. Yeah, the scenes with the dad were just so creepy to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess there's lots of different examples of bad parenting in this movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Veronica's parents being detached in one way, and then his dad being detached in a completely different and awful way, and then obviously <laughs> being a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you kids are making too much damn noise. We beat the bitches. Oh, beautiful. The beaver's home. Judge told him to slurp shit and die. I put a Norwegian in the boiler room. (laughs) Masterful. And then when that blew, it set off a pack of thermals I stuck upstairs. 
Yeah, like all the adults are like seriously just like all the adults out of it. Yeah. 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 yeah, and like Veronica and her parents have the same conversation over and over again. Yeah, it's just, like really drives yeah. home. Nobody's really connecting with each other, or you know, right. like and what really was that, out of it. Like that one conversation where her parents were telling her like, "This is how people treat adults." Right. I do like when that teenagers line, can actually. play. Yeah. <laughs> just how do you think adults act with other adults? You think it's all just a game of doubles tennis? When teenagers complain that they want to be treated like human beings, it's usually because they are being treated like human beings. There's a lot of truth in that line. Right. I don't. While her mom has like a moment or two. Right. There. I don't think it's true in the context that they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yes, that probably is really true. In when teenagers complain that they want to be treated like human beings, it's usually because they are being treated yeah. like human beings. Like that probably yeah. is true, right? But she was also not listening when her right. daughter was actually trying to say something very important. <laughs> Right. Turn that back on. Can't you see? These little programs are eating suicide up with a spoon. They're making it sound like it's a cool thing to do. Are you trying to tell me it is not a time for troubled youth? Stand up straight. I also love I don't patronize bunny rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You that line all the time. What does that mean to you? Right. I know. I love that that's the only issue he has with what she's saying. treated like human beings, not to be experimented on like guinea pigs or patronized like bunny rabbits. I don't patronize bunny rabbits. So a movie that is related to it in a way, but what do I always say about Mean Girls is it's like Heather's, but not as good, right? <laughs> <laughs> While I was watching that, I was like, hey, that's like Mean Girls. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Heather's definitely had a lot of influence yeah. on the movie Mean Girls, but then I feel like Mean Girls wanted you to learn a lesson at the end, yeah. you know? It mm. has like a sort of happy ending. <laughs> right. Where she decides to give up on being popular and actually like hang out with a right. very underdeveloped yeah. character, but presumably... You know, the losers are always the most interesting people, so. Right. Hopefully she's making a friend that's interesting and right. she can go back to hanging out with Betty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just more that she's, like, going to be nice to people that she used to be mean to, you Yeah. Know? Hey, Martha. My date for the prom kind of flaked out on me. I was wondering if you were doing anything that night. Maybe we could rent some new releases, pop some popcorn. I'd like that. Yeah. So would I. I definitely got a feeling like the evil did not win. To turn it off. That's what you really want. You know what I want, babe? What? Cool guys like you out of my life. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. like the evil didn't win, but I don't think other people did either right <laughs> but like who was the good right i mean veronica does have like a good yeah. arc she kind of goes easy on herself but you know she's pretty bad she yeah. doesn't really want to write the note in the beginning to martha she says oh i don't have anything against her shit heather i don't have anything against martha you don't have anything for her either. But she still does yeah. it. Does that yeah. thing to humiliate she her, just, you know. She was, like, so influenced by, like, pure pressure. And I think that was, like, most of that movie was, like, her mm -hmm. just being pressured to do things. Right. I mean, she says it, and they, she notes that her friends are assholes. It's just, like, there are people I work with, and our job is being popular and shit. She knows. She tells her diary, Betty Finn was a true friend, and I sold her out. 
Betty Finn was a true friend and I sold her out for a bunch of swatch dogs and diet cokeheads. And I mean, I definitely feel on some level she knows they're killing Kurt and Ram. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, even when she's sitting there and Ram is clearly dying and JD's chasing Kurt back, she, she still, still shoots, shoots him. him. You know, he yeah. didn't shoot Kurt. She did. And she, at that point, must have known. On some level, yeah. she must have known. <laughs> she must have made a calculation that was like, well, he's already dead and the only way we can get away with this is if... I kill him. I think also it was like she was in such denial about him being dead that she like decided that if it was real, then it wasn't any worse if the other guy was dead. Mm. Oh, maybe, yeah. There's so much fun trivia about that movie, but another fun one is when he says, do you take German? And she says, no, French. And he goes, these are Ich Luga bullets, and that means I'm lying in German. <laughs> do you take German? French. All right. These are Ich Luga bullets. My grandfather snared a shitload of them back in WW2. They're like tranquilizers, only they uh, break the surface of the skin enough to cause a little blood, but no real damage. So it looks like the person's been shot and killed, and really they're just lying there unconscious and bleeding? Ooh. Right. I was really noticing this time his bad post Heather Chandler death acting where he was like, oh my god, what happened? I can't believe she's like, oh, oh, oh no, he did a murder. And then he's like, what are we gonna do? He mostly is really bad at it, but then he looks at the bell jar. Yeah, I love that. It does seem like that's when he gets the idea about the suicide. Right, yes. Yeah, exactly. so he didn't really plan it out. He hadn't thought it all the way through. I think it's a testament to Christian Slater's performance. When mm -hmm. you can tell when his character is performing and not performing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he didn't really have a plan beyond what we, you know, that they were going to kill her, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so I don't know if you know, when she he notices on the floor, she has Cliff's notes for The Bell Jar, which is a novel about suicide. Ah. The author of The Bell Jar committed suicide. Sylvia Plath, have you ever heard of her? It's okay if you yeah, haven't. I don't think okay. so. <laughs> but anyway, that's what gives him the idea. Oh, let's make it look like a suicide. I could tell something like mm -hmm. made him think that that was on the table. I just didn't really know what. Right. <laughs> Heather Chandler says corn nuts. Why does she say corn nuts before she does? Right. When Heather walked into the store to get I mean, them. Right. I knew that, but why? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, right. It is. It's very mysterious. <laughs> I know. Why isn't it BQ? You know, like yeah. that's not the last thing she said about corn nuts. You I know? always, said, yeah, like she's like, "Do you want BQ or plain?" And she's like, "BQ." <laughs> She gives a great performance, my God. I love... Um, I really miss her, actually, after she dies, because she's got the best line. Yeah. Fuck me gently with the chainsaw. Right. Do I look like Mother Teresa? Yeah. <laughs> or even also just, like, the look she gives JD, that real, like, snotty teenage look. Like... <laughs> She honks the horn so impatiently, yeah. like with her whole self. <laughs> she, she is so yeah. good in that. I like all the stuff with like the croquet. I feel like there mm -hmm. seem to be like symbolism there. Yeah, like how Heather Chandler is mean just to be mean yeah. to Heather Duke. Yeah, that choice in the croquet game about what to yeah. do when you hit somebody's ball. So what are you gonna do, Heather? Take the two shots or send me out? Are you gonna knock mm -hmm. other people down to win, mm -hmm. or are you gonna try and make yourself win? 
every time I've played croquet in my life, I have never wanted to knock somebody's ball out. So it always made me feel extra bad. I don't think I would have felt right. as bad about it if it weren't for others. Because <laughs> they really portray it as like a huge moral conundrum. Right. <laughs> you don't want to be the kind of person who knocks balls out, do you? Right. <laughs> when you could just take two shots. Well, you're not just going to go for those two shots. I mean, uh, go ahead, knock me out. It's the only way to win. It's not my style. This guy's finished last. I should know. And of course, they have their assigned colors in the croquet game. <laughs> There's a perpetual order. Oh. There's like a stick that you put in the ground, and it has the colors in an order, and you always play in the order of the colors. Right. It's spaghetti so with... Lots of oregano. Yeah. I made your favorite. Spaghetti. Lots of oregano. That's such a cute favorite dinner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's little things like that that make me remember that there's some, because they are adults playing teenagers. Mm -hmm. Well, except for when I think that, I think she was, but, well, plus Shannon Doherty must have been pretty young. Because this was before, was, um, it was before 90210. She got the job in 90210 because of that movie. Also, oh. Christian Slater, he wasn't that old. I mean, if he wasn't a teenager, he was early 20s, okay. I they think. Just all see, I guess teenagers looked old back then. I, mean, I think their dress so sophisticated in that. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're basically wearing power suits to school. <laughs> right. And they're all wearing full faces of makeup. Yeah, whatever yeah. it was. She turned 16 while they were making them. Oh, gosh, imagine yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think, isn't it Heather Graham wanted to be in that movie and her parents wouldn't let her? Yes. Like, oh. Heather Graham, when she was a teen actress, she has real strict parents. Yeah. That's why she had to be licensed to drive instead of getting to be in Heather's because her parents wouldn't let her. Oh, and then yeah. when she turned 18, she did Drugstore Cowboy <laughs> and then Boogie Nights, you know. I'm trying to think if you would know who Heather Graham Remember is. Way to put it to your parents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you don't get to make decisions for me anymore. <laughs> also, yeah. <laughs> also, I read that Winona Ryder said her agent literally got down on her knees and begged her not to do this movie. <laughs> Yeah. I know. I hope you fired that agent. I feel like with the character JD, I feel like you saw his personality and then you saw his psycho personality. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there were points where I'm like, oh, I can see this personality. Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that one. But it was like, I feel like there was a clear, like, different sides of that character. Right. I think that's supposed to be a trait of sociopaths is that, that they're good one-on-one -on -one with people. Like, of course, he gets Veronica to fall for him. But then when he's talking to Heather Duke, he kind of knows just how to flatter her, how to get mm -hmm. on her good side. And then he must make some connection with Martha. You remember yeah. she gives him the photos of her and Heather Duke. I mean, I think that's like a trait that sociopaths yeah. know how to be very charming. Mm. Yeah, there were just certain points. At some point around like the scene with the radio, I feel like you could see for a few seconds like the other side and mm -hmm. then it was like back. Mm -hmm. Do you mean like when he was talking about his mother? Well, yeah, and like a few other teens, yeah. Mm. Isn't it interesting that his mom is the one who really did commit suicide, but yeah. her death was ruled an accident? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you like your father? Never given the matter much thought. Like my mother, I said her death was an accident, but uh, she knew what she was doing. She walked into the building two minutes before my dad blew the place up. She waved at me and then, boom. The only actual suicide in that movie. That story with 
his mom. I wanted to be like sympathetic towards yeah. him because he never was loved or something. I don't know. Mm. But well, then, yeah, like, he just say, I want to blow up the school because nobody loves me. Right. So maybe I am killing everyone in the school because nobody loves me. Clearly. I don't know. It just like, yeah. I just lost the yeah, right. Yeah. Like, there's something really wrong with this guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I he's feel very, like, very fucked up, but there yeah. are every indication that he wouldn't have been able to not be, given what happened with his parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like the way that they make it kind of confusing with the sympathy, I feel like that's specifically like a lot towards Veronica, where it's like, but now she wants to be sympathetic towards him, but he's also telling her that he wants to kill everyone at their school. So. Right. Yeah. She feels yeah. bad for him, but she can't let him kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I think also they just have such strong chemistry, yeah. you know, yeah. like she's so drawn to him. Even so much later in the film when she's writing in her diary and she's like, what about JD? I can't get him out of my head. By then he has like killed three people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The diary scenes were like really cool. I love that she has a monocle yeah. with such a bizarre little <laughs> aspect. <laughs> like, Right. Yeah. If you can only want to see out of one eye, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I never understood what a monocle is for. Like a rich person, shorthand, accessory, but it, as an accessory, it doesn't make any sense to me. But it is Unless hilarious. Like an eye patch on the other side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But it's also like a really funny, quirky teenage thing. I remember I wanted I'd have a pocket watch for a while. I like how the Dear Diary, the scenes, like they were combined with the scenes of like what she was writing about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like that. She's like narrating it. Yeah, especially the scene, the party at the college. Yeah, that you know, that good. goes back and forth where you know something pretty bad happened yeah. because she's writing about how she wants to kill Heather. Dear Diary. I want to kill, and you have to believe it's for more than just selfish reasons, more than just a spoke in my menstrual cycle. You have to believe me. I love in movies when somebody makes a joke that isn't clever, you know, like when a dumb person, like especially when, uh, <laughs> when they first see JD and he's like, Who's that guy in the cold think he is anyways? Bo Diddley? <laughs> Like, that is such a dumb thing to say. <laughs> what the heck? And then also the guy at the party who says, See the speeches from Malcolm X. I just want to get laid. Yeah, save the speeches for Malcolm X. Right. The guy who likes to receive speeches. Yes. Give this speech to Malcolm X. Right? <laughs> I thought you were going to say the guy that was like, It's so great to be able to talk to a girl and not have to ask what's your major. I hate that. So, when you go to college, what subjects do you think of study? It's the same so guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It makes me think of singles when Matt Dillon's character is like, it's like the next world war is going to be sponsored by, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he almost says something clever but can't think of it. <laughs> yeah, I love when people are dumb in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, when either Kurt or Ram was talking about his fantasy about Heather. I want to get a Heather and put her on my Johnson and just start spinning around like a goddamn pinwheel. <laughs> Punch it in. <laughs> it's just such a funny line because it makes him seem like such a virgin. Yeah, that is not <laughs> at all like what. Like really picture yeah. that spinning around on someone's <laughs> The nerdy kid at the funeral like flips him off and says sit and spin. Right. Yeah, know. that That's is a good thing people said in the eighties. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Callback or no? Maybe it's fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I guess that is kind of like a put my finger up your ass and be corkscrew. 
heard but that. But it sounds like the, not sexy, right? Before it's like that, right. Would be uncomfortable for someone. Even the Madonna sit on my face and ride like it's the Kentucky oh, yeah. Derby, like that also oh, doesn't really. Right. Like whenever someone like says that phrase, like sit on my face as like a sexual thing, I picture like an older brother pinning down there yeah. and like farting in their face or something. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it doesn't the sound wrong sexy. Way to do oral Yeah, it's going to be hard for that person to breathe. Right? <laughs> yeah. Football phone. Yeah, football phone, football lamp. Yeah. In the mineral water. Right. That's the tell in the 80s in Ohio that you're gay if you drink mineral water. Right. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of hot probs. Shut up. Hot probs is on. Oh, shit, yeah. It's difficult because it's just the way that they present it. Because they're not saying, no one says that it's bad to be gay. Right. right but but then yeah. at the same time, these homosexual artifacts are like... Oh, right. But yeah. then I'm like, okay, so is he a homophobe too? Which he could be because they definitely go a long way toward kind of comparing him to the jocks that he hates. Or is he playing off of their stereotypes? Uh, let's take a look at some of the homosexual artifacts I dug up playing at the scene. All right, got an issue with stud puppy. Great. <laughs> a candy dish. Joan Crawford postcard. Good. Some uh, mascara. All right, now here's the one perfecto thing I picked up. Mineral water. Oh, come on. A lot of people drink mineral water. It's come a long way. Yeah, but this is Ohio. I mean, if you don't have a brewski in your hand, you might as well be wearing a dress. Right, yeah. yeah. How do you think he'd react to a son that had a limp wrist with a pulse? Well, I mean, I think when he says that at the funeral, the guy says, I love my dead gay yeah. son. My son's a homosexual, and I love him. I love my dead gay son. And being so honest and sweet, actually. He yeah. is. You know, it is such a cynical movie, but I feel like yeah. that is a valid question. Like, would he love his gay living son? You yeah. know, like, if yeah. his son really had been gay and instead of killing himself, told him he was gay, how would he feel about that? Like, I think yeah. that is a valid yeah. question. Yeah. I, I think I he's think really... Just because of the way that Jay poses the question. Right. I mean, I think it's just, like, for the joke of, like, the wrist. Yeah. Because that's where you would feel a pulse, you know? Like, I think that's oh, where he's yeah. going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I get that. <laughs> I think it's just very literal yeah. like that. I don't think JD says anything where you would know how he actually felt about that one way or the other you know i mean in the very beginning when the football players call him a fag he doesn't say he's not i love that line too hey ram doesn't this cafeteria have a no fags allowed rule well yeah they seem to have an open door policy for assholes though don't they it's really hard not to i, mean, I hate myself for how much i love jd in a lot of ways yeah. i get that he's a bad person yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's hard when like the worst characters have like the best lines Right. Yes, he and Heather have the best one. Also, it was kind of crazy. Like, she does nothing to keep Shady from just climbing in her window. Like, she does not lock the window. She just, like, climbs <laughs> Her window's always open. Right. That was a really 80s movie and TV thing. It was, like, 
dudes climbing into girls windows oh yeah, yeah. that's a <laughs> nightmare on elm street has a window thing too yeah, i think clarissa explains it all oh i never <laughs> watched that <laughs> i just saw a commercial for like some wireless thing and it's like you must be brad's phone or something because like some kid is like sneaking into the bedroom of Oh, yes. Oh, I think Saved by the Bell has a lot of climbing through a window. Does Jesse come into Zach's room? It's either that or the other way around, but yeah. I don't think I've ever in my life gone through a window. I had climb into my bedroom window one time, but it was not easy, and it wasn't a ladder, so he had to climb up an actual Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Wow. It was crazy. Like, he brought a ladder. It was super hard, and then when he came in, he was like, I'm definitely going out the door. I don't care if I get caught. This wasn't worth it. Terrified. I like how in the opening scenes they like say Heather so many times yeah. that it's just like, hey Heather, Heather, Heather. Right. No Heather, it's Heather's turn. Sorry Heather. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That was also a weird scene where she was like in the ground. I oh yeah. That was a dream. Yeah. Right. But it felt weird. It, did, it is weird. I always like anticipate that. I know. I'm always like, man, the ball really hits her head. So, like, if that was a real croquet ball, that would hurt so bad how hard that hits her. Yeah. And then it even sounds more painful with the hollow, like, sound effect that they put over it. But that scene was just so strange because, like, they didn't make it seem like it was, like, dreaming. And then it, like, right. what? Yeah. Except it's for a... how slow they were walking across the grass. Right. Yeah. It was kind of funny when they all just, like, stepped on the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they were showing them as, like, this cool thing, and then they just stomp on the flowers. Yeah, it's a great introduction. Yeah. It's your turn, Heather. Now, Heather, it's Heather's turn. Heather. Sorry, Heather. What was yellow Heather again? The one with the big hair? Heather okay. McNamara? Yeah. The one that tried to commit suicide. Right. When she like left for the bathroom and no one really did anything. Even after like these huge deaths that everyone yeah. really knew about. Wait. Where's Heather going? Where's Heather going? She's going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking child protector caps. Now where is she going? It felt intentional, but it also felt like very odd. Yeah, that's a good point. It shows how much it's just lip service from mm -hmm. all the teachers. Like, yeah. why are they not doing anything when, as far as they know, they just had three students commit suicide within a week. And now this girl is like running off in the bathroom crying. <laughs> and it's like, let's yeah, not, I mean, let's not follow up on that. Yeah. And instead of having personal meetings with the students, the camera crew that just happened upon their- Yes, <laughs> the camera crew happened <laughs> on our path. The burst of cleansing synchronicity, TV cameras, happened onto our path and captured the synchronicity, this emotional outpouring of emotion. Outpouring of emotion? And even what she says to Veronica, the hippie teacher. Veronica! Janie told me you committed suicide last night. Where is he? Where's JD? We have to talk. Whether to kill yourself or not is one of the most important decisions a teenager can make. Get a job. She doesn't say, don't kill yourself. She yeah. says, whether to kill yourself yeah. is a yeah. big decision. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I never thought of Hamlet before this viewing on that line. I was like, oh my god. Hamlet's kind of original. 
Marvel teen movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was also like people acknowledge her like missing class after these big deaths. JD said that she had killed herself and no one really talked about it. She was just surprised to see her because yeah. she thought that she killed herself. <laughs> right. Yeah, you would think they'd be taking it seriously mm-hmm. instead of being so mm-hmm. cavalier. I mean, it is a satire, but. <laughs> oh, I have a question. Why did men wear so many shirts in the 80s? <laughs> With the sweater vest? There's that one scene where JD's wearing like a t shirt and a red shirt and like yeah. another, like a black colored shirt on top of that. There's at least three shirts going on there. And it just reminded me of Marty McFly. <laughs> so many shirts. Why? Yeah. That's a good burning question. (laughs) (laughs) Also, JD is wearing, like, his outfit in that scene reminds me a little bit of Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I didn't watch that. He's, like, subliminally influenced Joss Whedon. I can imagine he was influenced by Heathers in at least a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure Heathers has influence on a ton of things. I love the sloppy police work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He picks up the gun with a stick and then he just grabs it. Puts it in <laughs> or also the other guy like chasing down a noise and then it's like, oh, it's just two teenagers. Not very far away from where two other teenagers are dead. I won't question it any further. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that noise must have just been a bunny rabbit. <laughs> Milner, can you hear me? What's going down? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what I heard back there was just a bunny rabbit. All I got here is a couple of kids making out in a station wagon. Should I pry them apart? No, no, forget it. I got all the answers back here. Hey. Are they naked? You don't want to patronize that bunny rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) That one scene where JD shoots blanks at those two guys and then there's like no consequence for it. Like they think they talk talk about like, (laughs) no, he'll probably just get suspended. He used a real gun. They should throw his ass in jail. No way. He used blanks. All JD really did was ruin two pairs of pants. Maybe not even that. Can you bleach out urine stains? <laughs> then there's no consequence at right. all. Right. That, yeah. yeah. He's never anything. That's probably the thing that's the most dated about that right. movie For because sure. this was pre-Columbine era. Yeah, at, no like, one would really shoot somebody at school. <laughs> right. If that happened today that somebody right. brought a fake gun to school and pretended to shoot two people, that person would never step foot in that school yeah. again. Yeah. In jail, probably. Right. <laughs> they would throw his ass in jail. Yeah. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. The screenplay is just so amazing. There's so many iconic lines in that it's movie. True. It's, it's like insane. One long quote, yes. There's just, so many. It's yeah. hard to not write down everything. I, I know there's whole chunks of dialogue. Like I yeah. had an old friend of mine. We used to act out the fight at the you know, the you stupid fuck. You goddamn bitch. You stupid fuck. You goddamn bitch! You were nothing before you met me. You were playing Barbies with Betty Finn. You were a bluebird. You were a brownie. You were a Girl Scout cookie. You did that whole thing, like. Now a good association for me with Heather's is when one time, Jessica, do you remember when we went to the punk rock flea market and Frankie threw up? And then we were texting later and I said something like, I got paid in puke. And then we were, (laughs) and then so we were texting back and forth lines from Heather's and then Monday morning, your history, but then the phone phone underlined Monday morning, like creative. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
took the steam out of that inside. Set your calendar for Monday morning when you are history. <laughs> Monday morning, you're history. I'll tell everyone about tonight. Transfer to Washington. Transfer to Jefferson. No one at Westerberg's gonna let you play their reindeer games. I forgot about that. I didn't forget about Frankie puking. <laughs> <laughs> I never forget. I think I remember every time any one of my children was thrown up. Unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't happen that often. When it does happen, it is epic. Every time it's I feel like every time I'm around or something. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I think it's just the first time I've ever you've been present. I don't know what that's about. But yeah, I've been paid in puke a few times. <laughs> so mark your calendar for Monday morning when you are history. <laughs> yeah, I love my dead gay son is a iconic line. If I have to sing Kumbaya one more time. <laughs> God, Veronica, my afterlife is so boring. If I have to sing Kumbaya one more time. I like the kid who used to date Heather Chandler and he's like, <laughs> Heather and I dated, but she told me I was boring. And now I see that I'm not boring. And it's just that she was really dissatisfied. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I gotta out of Veronica cracking up right. and pretending to like break down to cover up for it. Right. You know? It's just funny. And then our love is God. Our love is God. Let's go get a slushy. I don't that's that. a good line. He had some good, good pimple lines. lines. My friends and I, we watched this movie like a bazillion times. I mean, it really spoke, especially my best friend Dave was like a closet gay guy, you know. Not very convincingly closeted, but you know, so it really spoke to us as outsiders, like this fantasy of like, what if you could kill all the assholes at school, you know? And his senior quote in our high school yearbook was, my teen angst bullshit has a body count. Dear diary. My teen angst bullshit has a body count. He couldn't write bullshit, so he wrote, my teenage antics have a body count, but. Ah, yeah. nice. That's a good table edit. Right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm going to get so many more of your references yeah. now. <laughs> I think that's you are, yeah. <laughs> the first time they said something would be very, were you waiting for them to put an adjective after that? It'll be really very. Promise. Like, what? it'll be very. What? <laughs> you can hear the period. How very. I feel like it was really well done how the two conversations, like with her parents, ended like exactly mm -hmm. the same. God damn, will somebody tell me why I read these spy novels? Because you're an idiot. Oh, yeah, that's it. You too. Yeah. It's a great pate, but I got a motor if I want to be ready for that party tonight. God damn, will somebody tell me why I smoke these damn things? Because you're an idiot. Oh, yeah, that's it. You too. Um, great pet tape, but I'm going to have to motor if I want to be ready for that funeral. I saw this movie when it came out in the theater. That second conversation when she says, great pate, but I got a motor if I got to make that funeral. That was the biggest laugh from the audience, for sure. That and then Heather Duke at Heather Chandler's funeral. I prayed for the death of Heather Chandler many times. And I felt bad every time I did it, but I kept doing it anyway. Now I know you understood everything. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I really liked that scene when they were all like praying and you could hear their thoughts. That was really funny. Yes. Why'd you have to kill such hot snatch? It's a joke, man. Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? My older brother Kevin, like you said, he, he <laughs> loved that line. Like, it's that. not funny when a guy says it, no, but I remember he really enjoyed that line. <laughs> <laughs> real life sucks, losers drive. Heather told me she teaches people real life. 
She said, real life sucks losers dry. If you want to fuck with the Eagles, you have to learn to fly. Fuck with the Eagles, it's a good band name. Yeah, have we said every line in the movie yet? Because right. <laughs> they're all the best lines. Yes, I know. <laughs> I feel like I have that whole screenplay memorized still. Like, it's hard not to talk along with it when you're watching it. What else does a suicide need, huh? first time this viewing that when they're doing the pep rally the uniforms <laughs> are the same as in the smells like teen spirit music oh <laughs> it smells like teen spirit they have anarchy symbols on their tops but like the colors are the same like the black and red oh nice which is i'm sure there were schools that had black and red as their colors but it doesn't seem like that <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> cheerleading outfit yeah and like the way it's slow motion and then like it focuses on their skirts bouncing the red pleat flashing yeah, it would be so interesting just to talk to, like, the set designer from that movie, yeah. you know, because you can see there's so much it. thought, so much detail that goes into it. Like, I love Winona Ryder's dresser with the punctuation marks on the drawers. Mm-hmm. Everybody's interior of the home is so neat, so organized, and then JD's house is so haphazardly put together. Like, there's still boxes, and mm-hmm. has that really very, very long couch that looks like it's, like, individual seats. It's weird. And then all the exercise equipment. Yeah, it kind of looks like, like, raw someplace like it's weird that that's kind of the only stuff in his house is a a lot of exercise equipment which you see his dad using the treadmill but i mean i'm sure that was intentional for some reason i feel like every frame of that movie feels so intentional like everything that you could see is there for some reason i mean it had a very transient feel to it like they knew they weren't gonna be very long right that's about moving around a lot i don't know why anyone would need a whole rack of weights yeah. Especially because his dad didn't look like he was in that good of shape. Right. I mean, he's not, yeah, he's not going very fast on that treadmill. <laughs> I didn't notice before this viewing, too, that Heather Duke seems to actually really, truly enjoy Moby Dick. <laughs> for some reason, for a long time, I just assumed that that was just what she'd been reading most recently. But then, like, she's really absorbed in it. I never read Moby Dick myself, but I think J.D. is absolutely right that Heather Chandler is the white whale to mm-hmm. her. The white whale drank some bad plankton and splashed through a coffee table. Whoever's the guy that wants to kill the white whale yeah. in Moby Dick. Uh, <laughs> right. Call me Ishmael. Yeah. Right, right. Which is why she gives in the book, she says, I don't need it anymore. Oh, a little gift for you. I won't be needing it. It's like not a light book by any means. and, and <laughs> It's very full. Cool. Yeah, and, and then Heather Chandler has Cliff's Notes. Yeah, that is interesting that Heather Duke was actually reading the book. You know, because Heather Chandler's such a bitch, so mm-hmm. you prayed that she was dead, and then you discover, like, no, it was because she wanted to be the bitch of the school, you know? Yeah, because she doesn't have to compete anymore. She's the top dog. And how, like, Heather dying makes her stop being bulimic. It's like I noticed that, but I didn't put that together. Yeah, yeah, that's... I noticed how she just threw that chicken bone. (laughs) Watch it, Heather. You might be digesting food there. Yeah, where's your urge to purge? Fuck it. Somebody's going to have to clean up that chicken bone. People always making a mess in movies It's good characterization, I guess. Also, she's eating in the locker room. It's just such a weird... Yeah, gross. I just noticed, like, she's, like, actually filing her fingernail <laughs> yes. to, like, help her friend through. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I guess I just never picked up on that before. True friend's work is never done. Gross. Grow up, Heather. Bulimia is so 87. I'm pretty sure Bulimia enjoyed a very long reign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, bulimia was not limited to 1987 and today. There's not as much reference to the eating disorders in that movie as there are in Mean Girls. There's like a whole long segment about the eating disorders in Mean Girls. Right. For me, a hot problem in Mean Girls is how you're just sort of supposed to sympathize with a couple of people who are just as bad as everybody else. And one of the ways that she gets revenge on the Mean Girl is like plays into her body image issues and makes her get fat, basically. I mean, there's just kind of a lot there, you know, <laughs> that like women have issues with food and body stuff. And it's like, let's use that to our advantage. The scene where they're in the car after the double suicide or, you know, murder. Mm-hmm. that they did of the football players. Well, she had tried to, like, burn herself at the frat right. party. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, like, oh, right. yeah. tempting it with the flame. And then, like, she goes for it with the cigarette lighter and burns herself. And yeah. And he, like, <laughs> he lights a cigarette, cigarette off, her. off of her burnt hand. She's just like, fuck it. Nothing matters than going to, like, light my hand on fire. Well, it's a fun callback that he lights his cigarette off her hand. And then, in the end, she <laughs> <laughs> she lights her cigarette from him yeah. exploding. Yeah. <laughs> I always felt that she was too close to that explosion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's filthy within a matter of minutes of going down there before even <laughs> anything happens, any confrontation. She already has like smudges. The continuity on that whole sequence must have been a, a bitch <laughs> to have to be like, okay, at this point in the scene, she has a smudge here and a smudge here and the scratches. Right. Her hair is a little bit more messed up. I don't know why her hair gets so messed up when she gets knocked out. It looks like yeah. she slept all night after she <laughs> wakes up for being knocked out. Right. <laughs> The boardroom at the school is so funny. <laughs> it looks like a residential boardroom. <laughs> They're all smoking. It's, it's so fancy. There. And then, oh my God, everyone's smoking. It's yeah. right. smoking. I mean, I guess people smoked in movies all the time in the 80s, but right. just constantly. But I remember the teacher's lounge in high school being full of smoke. Yeah. too. In the 90s. Yeah. So even then, it was Virginia, so of course. Yeah, the teachers definitely smoked in the faculty lounge in my high school, for sure. That just feels so crazy now to think about, like, sitting in a small room smoking. Oh, God. I know. Or, like, people are eating. (laughs) Right. Or that you used to be able to smoke on planes. Like, there was a smoking section. Like, the whole plane would be smoky. Is it, you know? Yeah, like, sitting three rows away from somebody smoking (laughs) would be different somehow. (laughs) But my high school, like, we had a smoking section outside, like, for the students, you know? Yeah, like. Like there was a, smoke on yeah, <laughs> we couldn't smoke inside the building, but we smoked in the bleachers. Yeah, I remember there was a section, the smoking section, that the students were allowed to smoke in. <laughs> <laughs> It was a different time. That's weird because you weren't even legally allowed to buy cigarettes. No, we were not, but we were allowed to smoke at school. And I even remember, too, being like at a like a Saturday detention, like a three-hour kind of thing, and they let us take smoke breaks. What? Are you serious? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> it's so hard being in detention. You need a break. <laughs> you can't go three hours without a cigarette. That's crazy. No, I can't. That was a really good movie. It definitely felt like almost all the characters were like really bad. Mm-hmm. And only a few people were actually like not bad. Right. But yeah, it was a Betty really Finn good. is good, right? Yeah. She might be the only one. <laughs> yeah. But that was a really good movie. Yeah. 
I mean, Christian Slater and Winona Ryder were like my two favorite mm-hmm. actors yeah. <laughs> at that time. Heather's was very special. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why it was so interesting to hear Lucy's take on whether she thought he was cute or not. Oh, my God. He was, like, the cutest. Right. Like, there wasn't anybody cuter than him. Yeah. He is extremely cute, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, so troublesome. I love Lucy. I'm not worried about her at all. Because like, <laughs> right. I could tell he was a psycho. Oh. <laughs> she knew so early on, you know. <laughs> Love it. I'm like, wait, you knew he was a psycho just when he was pouring mm-hmm. the cup? It was so early in the movie. <laughs> it's almost like it wasn't just the movies that made me internalize misogyny. It was society. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to look at the ashes of Westerberg and say, now there is a school that self-destructed not because society didn't care, but because the school was society. It's pretty deep, huh? There might be something to that, yeah. (laughs) We definitely need to have Lucy watch more movies and get her takes. I love that. Yeah. I liked this fact about Christian Slater. Obviously, his performance was very influenced by his favorite actor of all time, Jack Nicholson. Right. And he was straight up doing a Jack in the movie. What did you say, dickhead? I'll repeat myself. The extreme always seems to make an impression. I'm a no-rest build-up man myself. Nag, 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 nag! So maybe I am killing everyone in the school. Because nobody loves me. I know that for a long time, but then I recently learned that he also sent Jack Nicholson a copy of the movie. <laughs> oh, wow. And was like, please write back and tell me what you think. And he Aww. never heard from <laughs> I wonder if Jack ever watched that movie. Oh, I hope so. Kids stole my aunt. <laughs> Rich and I went to London 15 years ago, and while we were there, we saw Christian Slater in the play of oh. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Yeah. It, well, yes, it was good. I mean, it was amazing that he was in, like, the Jack Nicholson role. <laughs> The other thing that I remember vividly about it was that all the other actors were British doing American accents. Their American accent was like Southern. It was just like what stands out for them as this is what Americans sound like, but it was definitely a Southern American accent. It was, you and know. Have, like Americans will often go coffee. With right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure Americans do what they think of as a British accent and like what is an American accent. I mean, he was definitely not doing a Southern accent. Accent. He was doing his, was he his, doing a Jack his Jack, yeah, his Christian Slater slash Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. You know, he put his arms out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he can still do that. <laughs> what is he doing now? I, Isn't I he on that? I, yeah, oh. the robot thing. And I think he executive produces it too. Uh, yeah, very frustrating because I know my dad saw this movie because he took me and my brother to it, my brother David to it when it opened. Like we used to see movies. We were like an every other weekend dad thing and we saw at least one movie every weekend we were with him. So I know he saw that movie because he took us to see it and then bought me the VHS tape for Christmas that year because I asked for it. And we watched that movie like a bazillion times. But he doesn't remember seeing it. You know, I asked him, you know, what do you remember about Heathers? And he doesn't remember it. I mean, I remember that the audience laughing the most at the second, the great pate, but I got a motor if I want to make this funeral. But I don't really remember if he had a special reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Kent's two cents are maybe like half a cent worth because <laughs> he saw it, doesn't remember it. 
It didn't stick with him. Right. <laughs> to be fair, that was 30 years ago, and he sees a movie at least once a week. And so he probably he's, didn't watch it 100 times He, he did not. <laughs> I don't think he ever watched it again. I know his favorite movie from when he was younger is Bang the Drum Slowly, which I never watched. That's a movie that he still stands for. No, he couldn't have been that young because it's very early Robert De Niro. Okay. And um, I think Michael Moriarty. And it's like about a baseball player or something. Oh. But yeah. <laughs> People who were almost cast uh, as JD. Oh. Do you know about any of these? Brad Pitt. What? For the role, and he was rejected because he came off as too nice. Yeah, I could see that. Also. Jim Carrey. No, oh, God. Jim Nelson. We really dodged a bullet with Jim Carrey there. Jason, I know. <laughs> and Jason Bateman. Oh. And the reason Jason Bateman is interesting is because Justine Bateman was also considered for Veronica. <laughs> Whoa. Weird. Well, I'm assuming they weren't considered at the same time. Well, also, I think Jason Bateman and Shannon Doherty were brother and sister on Little House. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. I th- they were both on that show. I think they were brother and sister on that show. Yeah. I feel like he could have played that part. Probably. Of all the people that you named, I think Although he's he was, the closest. I mean, he would always play super nice characters back then too. Right. I feel like he's a good actor though. Jim Carrey, I feel like just always overacts. Did you ever see yeah. Once Bitten? No. That was like probably around that time, or maybe a little bit later. That was the first movie I think he was in, or certainly the first movie I saw him in, where he's like a teenager who kind of has an affair with this like older vampire lady. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a vampire cougar. He gets under her thrall and kind of turns into a dick <laughs> over time. I don't know. I saw it a ton of times because my cousin had the the VHS and mm-hmm. also DVD. And he was being pretty low-key for oh, okay. Jim Perry at the time. Yeah. He was very nerdy, playing nerdy. He could mm-hmm. not have possibly been cool. Right. As cool as Christian Slater in this. Yeah. Why is she doing what he says? Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even cute. <laughs> wow, I can't imagine anybody else but Christian Slater doing that role. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like, really not hard. He's really, he's really perfect in that movie. It's so frustrating that the director, like, never really did anything good again. They didn't yeah. make any more movies? Oh, well, he, he did. Made he made more movies, but nothing close. You know, I mean, Heather's is just like a perfect movie. He did Airheads, which is an okay movie. Oh, right. He was the director of Hudson Hawk, although he's, like, not blamed for that movie's failure. Bruce Willis was this like crazy megastar egomaniac who just sort of took over. I read an interview with Michael Lehman and he was getting in a lot of arguments on the set of that movie trying to rein Bruce Willis in, trying to get control of this and somebody just took him aside and was like, you are a nobody and he's the biggest star in the world. You're just going to have to write this one off. <laughs> so, um, that was his next movie after that. And then I think he did that weird movie with Andre the Giant, My Giant. Oh. <laughs> I think that's him. <laughs> And the truth about cats and dogs. It's fine, yeah. yeah I but like Janine Garofalo. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes, it's fine because it's Janine Garofalo. But to go from Heather's mm. to like to never do anything even remotely like right. That. Yeah. He apparently directed a lot of TV after that. He just would direct a couple episodes here and there of TV mm-hmm. shows, like 
Dexter, oh, okay. Horror Death, American Horror Story, True Blood, and oh, okay. one episode of the new Veronic Mars, like the latest season of Veronica Oh, okay. Mars, which was really good. That was a great season, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he kind of found his calling in television. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember also from that article, he was going to direct The Good Son. Remember that movie? Um, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so that was what he was going to do right after Hudson Hawk. And then he didn't want to cast Macaulay Culkin. And he had mm-hmm. some other kid in mind. He really didn't think Macaulay Culkin was right for the part. And then the studio finally was like, you know, Macaulay Culkin's dad was like this awful stage dad guy. And <laughs> he really wants him to do this movie to show he has range. Mm-hmm. And if we don't give it to him, he's not going to let him do Home Alone 2 so our hands are tied so then he said he'd screen tested him again and felt like he really couldn't justify casting him after he'd had that terrible experience on Hudson Hawk he just didn't want to have that experience again you know where a movie was just taken out of his hands like that so he didn't make it somebody else made good (laughs) oh Daniel Waters who wrote Heathers also wrote Hudson Hawk I never watched that movie but, uh, I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't. But no right. one's ever told me that I should. No, that's true. <laughs> so. Although, so my friend James, who sees like everything, he has seen that movie and he said that there are some glimmers of good parts because Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhardt <laughs> are like, yeah, right? That they have these minor roles where they're together and that those are like the only good parts in the movie. And I even remember that from the article with Michael Lehman saying how they were like the only ones that got what the tone of that movie was supposed to be. Mm. Bruce Willis played it like really over the top and big where it was supposed to be like a black comedy. I don't know. I mean, I never saw, I don't even know what that movie is about, but that's the only positive I've ever heard about it is that the parts with Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhardt are really good because they're actually funny and they kind of get it and that everything else about it is terrible. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. So the lunchtime poll question for today is, what classic literature would you copiously underline (laughs) before committing suicide? And it has to be something you would have read in high school. I want to answer for both eras, because if it was high school, it would probably be Catcher in the Rye, which feels like such a cliche answer, but I don't know if it's a cliche because it's true. You know, that was definitely a book that I read a bunch of times Mm -hmm. in my youth. But if it was now, if I committed suicide now, which I would not do, but (laughs) But as a middle-aged suicide, don't do it. (laughs) But if you were going to stage my suicide, then it would be Fleischman is in trouble. (laughs) Which will be a classic someday, I guess, but a modern book that really knocked me. Right. I would, if I was teaching high school, I would make people read that book. I would have said Catcher in the Rye in high school also. And in fact, for a long time, I would have cited J.D. Salinger as my favorite author, but he is just way too problematic now. I know just so much more than I ever wanted to know about that. It was a monster, it turned out. Catcher in the Rye made me feel very seen in high school. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it was the book that they were originally supposed to have used in the movie. Uh, Heather Duke was supposed to have been underlining Catcher in the Rye. But they asked J.D. Salinger, who was still alive at the time, and he obviously said no. (laughs) As he was one to do about everything he was asked from Hollywood. But now, (laughs) and I actually really liked this book in high school too, but I feel like it probably would speak to me even more now, and I should reread it. It was The Awakening by Kate Sherbeck. Oh, yes. Very good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Early feminist literature about a housewife who's misunderstood and walks into the ocean right (laughs) yeah goodbye because i love you (laughs) i don't have a good answer for mine i was like trying to think of all these things i read in high school and there's sun also rises and then i couldn't remember like 
I I couldn't. I'm sorry. I don't. That's okay. okay. <laughs> what about what about now? What's a book now that you really connect to? Uh, well, I like Me Talk Pretty one day. I okay. think my favorite <laughs> book, David Sedaris. I love his books. I just really like his like short stories. But uh... right. no, that's a good answer. <laughs> the first story in that book really speaks to me because it's about taking speech therapy for a lisp and how you try and avoid saying words that have an S in them. Oh, that yeah, was, yeah. Yes. Did you have to do that? Yes. Naturally, it's still it is a conscious effort to say an S correctly, which really? is part of yes. Which I've is, never noticed. It's well, I make the effort, <laughs> but that's so. part of the reason that I hate my maiden name because it had two S's in it. Oh, <laughs> so it's oh, very yeah. very annoying <laughs> name to say. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, Sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> and every once I think, I'm like, I think when I turn fifty, I'm just gonna stop doing it and say S is the way it's comfortable to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I took speech therapy in grade school. But I think it's a thing that, like, if you have a natural lisp, it's not going to go away. Like, a little kid's lisp, and then it goes away, and then there's one that's natural that you're not going to grow out of. Now I'm, like, so conscious of it talking, but yeah, but it is, like, a little bit of an effort to close your teeth when you say an S. <laughs> so, so the first story in that book is called Go Carolina, because it's who are you rooting for in this state versus Carolina. <laughs> How very. I do always love that line, hey, babe, I need a name. From the hot <laughs> yeah. It's a funny sequence because she's trying to think of a pseudonym, and, but then it's like, Hey, babe, I need a name. Why does he need a name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> you could just keep talking. <laughs> and then she says, Tweety, and he acts like it's all sexy. Tweety? Wait. What? <laughs> the shirt he's wearing is like a yearbook. Like his, it's not a t-shirt, it's like a button-down shirt, but the pattern is like yearbook pictures. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I only just noticed it this time. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Wow, every detail. Yes, yeah, like whoever did the clothes in that movie did a lot of work. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I wonder how much input Michael Lemon had on that. Right. Or Danny Waters even. <laughs> they do give awards specifically to costume designers and specifically to set designers. Yeah. As if they are independent creatives. Yeah, it probably varies like with movies, how much of a control freak a director is and And I guess given it was his first movie, he might not have had the luxury of being much of a control freak. Right. I don't know. But whatever I mean, just it was magic, whatever happened, like because yeah. it just all is just so well done. It really was magic and it seems like it could never be done again. I mean, people have tried. Right, yeah. Although I haven't seen the musical and I haven't seen the reboot show. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the show is terrible. I feel like I would have heard something otherwise. Right. Yeah, the musical, I don't know. I still, I don't want to watch it. I just want Heather's to stay as this perfect thing that it is. I only know it from like a few years ago when Force Awakens or Last Jedi came out. One of those, because like people compare Kylo Ren to JD. And so I took a quiz of like, who said it, Kylo Ren or JD? Mm -hmm. And then there were all these quotes that I didn't know that were allegedly from Heather's, but it was from Heather's musical. Wow, I'm trying to think now about how Kylo Ren is like JD. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole like yeah. emo Kylo Ren and. JD's <laughs> whole mission statement is complete and utter nonsense. Right. I mean, today was great. Chaos is great. Chaos is what killed the dinosaurs, darling. We students of Westerberg High will die. Today, our burning bodies will be the ultimate protest to a society that degrades us.
Fuck you all. You want to clean the slate as much as I do? Let's face it, all right? The only place different social types can genuinely get along with each other is in heaven. Do you know about the alternate ending? No. Yes. Yeah, there was originally, uh, and I think they, did they shoot it? Or I don't think they shot it, it, no. The original movie ended with the school blowing up, and then there's prom in heaven. All the characters are at the prom, and Martha Dumptruck is singing, and everybody's like, <laughs> getting along in heaven. That's where it's clear that it was a different time that they mm -hmm. let them shoot this movie at all. I mean, just from the first scene of JD when he's like in a trench coat with a gun in the cafeteria. <laughs> like, okay. We've done it. We've wrapped up Heather's. Right. That's Heather's. <laughs> I gotta think of a better ending for this. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.